Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Duval, welcome to the Gym Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined by Scott Klein. There's only one thing we have to say to start the show today. Nick Foles, y'all. How about it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the show once again. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And of course, follow the show at Generation Jag. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram accounts at Generation Jaguar. It has been a whirlwind of a few days here, Scott. Uh, we haven't seen a ton of moves from the Jaguars, but there certainly have been a ton of moves around the league. And the one big ball that was waiting to drop was the quarterback signing and it's here now. Yeah. It was basically just, it's been kind of all on one front, the Foles front so far for Jaguars. Um, It was the move everyone was pretty much expecting, but there was a little bit of questions there at the end about, Hey, maybe they're looking at a cheaper option like Bridgewater or maybe Tannehill's in the mix, but man, they got, they went out and got their guy and they, they made sure everyone knew he was their guy (laughs) just by that contract. They certainly did, Scott. But yeah, we'll talk all things Nick Foles today, from his contract to his play on the field to what the Jaguars need to do in order for him to succeed in Jacksonville. Uh, We'll talk about Deshaun Gibson's new landing spot, which might have some fans a little upset. And we'll look around the rest of the AFC South and we'll kind of uh, talk about what's next for the Jaguars in terms of moving forward after this. We'd like to thank the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jack podcast, Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And make sure to visit their tap rooms in downtown and Riverside. Want to remind everyone to check out genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news analysis videos and, of course, our podcasts. Uh, make sure to check out our shop for all the, your Jacksonville and Duval apparel. We just dropped our I Believe in St. Nick t-shirt, 
Uh, you can go pre-order that right now at genjack.com slash shop. And before we get hot and heavy into the Nick Foles topic here, I would like to remind everyone to uh, review the show and subscribe to the show on the iTunes podcasts. If you if you enjoy listening to the show, it really helps us out in terms of our rankings and other people being able to find the show. But without further ado, let's get to it. Nick Foles is going to sign with the Jaguars, $22 million a year for four years, which is a total of $88 million, $50 million guaranteed, and the deal could be worth up to $102 million with incentives. Wow. A lot of quiche. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot to take in right there. But I would like to tell Jacksonville to calm the F down. Yeah. There's a lot of nonsense out on the timelines over the past 24 hours. There is. And a lot of people are just having fun, being a little facetious. But a lot of people are serious about thinking that this deal is just out of control. And it's not. Did the Jaguars pay more than they had to? Probably. Does it matter? Probably not. The Jaguars are always able to find ways under this front office regime with Dave Caldwell, John Edzik, and company. They're always able to find ways to massage the salary cap. Uh, before the Foles signing, the team had just under $30 million in cap space. After the Foles signing and subsequent Blake Bortles release, which I've been uh, told will actually happen tomorrow morning, uh, after that happens, I expect the team to have about $20 million in cap space. Now, how does that work out? I think Foles will only count about $15 million, give or take, against the cap this year, thanks to the Jaguars massaging the cap with a signing bonus that will prorate his first year money over the length of the contract. And then, they, by cutting Blake Bortles, they will save $4.5 million. So that puts the team right around $20 million in cap space. Now, you factor in the rollover cap space of $11 million that the Jaguars will get at the start of the new league year, and you have enough money to sign a couple more potential starters at key positions and sign your rookie class, very importantly. Now, this deal, obviously, there is a lot of money on the table here, and it's a big commitment. It's a, it's a franchise-changing commitment, no question. However, I don't think that it is the crazy deal that a lot of people have said that it is. I mean, currently he'll be the 16th highest paid quarterback. If you're telling me Nick Foles is getting paid middle of the road money for a starting quarterback and that's an issue, I disagree. Now, I predicted Nick Foles would get $19 million a year from the Jaguars. He ended up getting 22. They gave him more money than they needed to. But it doesn't really matter in the long run because of the way they're able to massage the cap again with the signing bonuses. And I'm sure there will be a built-in out after two, more likely probably three seasons with all the money that's due. I think three seasons makes a lot more sense than two seasons. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of this contract, Scott? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it, it's a guy who is a Super Bowl MVP. Um, he's the biggest... QB to hit the to hit the free agency in well since last year and Kirk Cousins and look at the contract he got um right this pales in comparison to yeah. that just look at what CJ Mosley just signed for today with the Jets he signed for four years I'm sorry five years 85 million dollars 
51 million guaranteed. And he's a linebacker. And what position does he play, Scott? Linebacker. It's not QB. It's not even defensive end. <laughs> he's it's the fact that these are even in the same ballpark is unbel- is mind-blowing. I think it's a terrible contract on the Jets side. But you kind of look at wh- how the league is going. Of course, every free agent contract is inflated, and every year seems like, oh my God, there's a the, there's a new biggest baddest contract out there. But that's just how the the league operates. Every single year, they're making money hand over fist, and that money is a little bit filtered down into the players. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's something where I was a little bit surprised. At, it was at 22 because just because I didn't think the market was there, but they paid a guy his value and what he what they thought he was worth. Other than trying to lowball him and get a deal, uh, get a team friendly deal, and I think this still is a team friendly deal, like just from what you've all, what you've pointed out already. But when you get a guy like that, like you said, he's the sixth. He would be the 16th highest paid, and he's a guy who just look at his playoff experience. If he can just do that for you, he's gonna he's gonna be worth it just just on that alone. I mean, if he can replicate that at all in Jacksonville, so I mean, it's 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 where the the numbers itself are eye opening until you actually peel back the layers and compare it to some other things that are happening around the league. Right, and I mean, I tweeted out you know the SpongeBob meme yeah. where he's like sniffing around. What? Um, yeah. NFL players, they get paid more every offseason. Mm-hmm. It's been happening that way every year since free agency started. The salary cap went up by over $10 million this year. The Jaguars have over $11 million in rollover cap. This is just the way things work now. And the Jaguars, while many people like to uh, kind of give their front office a lot of crap and a lot of it is deservedly so for some of the draft picks. They know what they're doing when it comes to contracts and that is not debatable. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I don't think any team, well, okay. There's a couple teams that probably the fans should be worried about, but especially this team, don't worry about the salary numbers. They've shown time and time and time and time again, that they can sign these guys, these big time top-end free agents to huge contracts, and then two years later, they can weasel their way out of them. Um, maybe not weasel their way out of them, but they <laughs> leave it very, very fr- team-friendly later on. And if you, I, I believe there's something like $46 million of this contract are in the first two years. Right. Which leaves, once you get to year three, then you can kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel if it's not working out uh, the way they plan it. It's very possible that it will be working out at that yeah. point. The Jaguars yeah. obviously have work to do with creating a, a better supporting cast on the offensive side of the ball, but he's only 30 years old, Nick Foles, and he really doesn't have the tread on the tires that most 30-year-old quarterbacks would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, his play is just an indication of that. I mean, if you watch him, he's been asked to, to be a backup role for the past couple of years. Um, even thought about retiring after going through LA, which no one blames him for that as far Seven as wanting to retire. <laughs> but um, went to Kansas city for a little bit 
and then uh, came to Philadelphia to back up uh, Carson Wentz, and he's he's played good football when he's asked. I mean, I went back and watched, uh, you know, most of the games he played from this past year, and the first thing that pops out to me is consistency. I mean, I didn't see very many throws, let alone an entire game that Blake Bortles showed on a regular basis. I hate to compare it like that to a guy who we all lambast and complain and basically ran out of town, but that's what we have to go on. I mean, that's what Jaguars quarterbacking has been for the last five years now. Um, He just, he shows me accuracy, very good accuracy, especially in short range passes. Um, He shows an excellent touch on deep passes. Most, most when I didn't see a lot of things jumping out on the screen at me as far as as far as making plays every single down, he basically will do short passes, short passes very accurately, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he'll just hit you with this incredible pass that just blows you away. So there's we were talking earlier before the before the podcast, his floor is so much higher than Blake Bortles and can still have those kind of wow moments that he can take over a game completely. I mean, he took over the Super Bowl game and just made unbelievable throw after throw. Um, it's it's a guy whose talent, he is, I mean, on his best throws, he, he can go up against any quarterback in the league, I personally think. He just has that ability, but he doesn't show that on every play. Right. He's not asked to show it on every play, and I don't think he should be. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, he's very accurate, uh, short to intermediate. Mm-hmm. But I think his most important quality as a player and a teammate is his leadership and poise. He'll immediately connect with and command respect from the players in the Jaguars' locker room. Uh, this team was always divided with Blake at quarterback, regardless of what anybody says. They shouldn't be now, at least throughout the offseason. And as long as Foles continues to perform into the regular season – there will be no issues regarding that. Uh, he's a player that's comfortable in his own skin. He has an inner peace that he's talked about that allows him to never get too high or too low. And he has a resilient mindset that shows during games. He can have a terrible drive or two, have a receiver drop a pass that gets intercepted, and he'll bounce right back from it and throw a bomb for a touchdown or lead a nice touchdown drive down the field. Uh, the guy's got great size for the position, six foot six and two hundred forty three pounds. I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. quite how big he is, and he can throw the heck out of the ball. Like we said, the short to intermediate passes from zero to twenty yards downfield, Foles completed an astounding seventy seven percent of his passes last year, from zero to twenty yards. I mean, you want to talk about just completing the easy passes. Blake Bortles couldn't do that to save his life. That's exactly what Nick Foles is going to do for you. And you, and you know how much this team, it's going to be a little bit different offensively um, with Filippo coming in, but you know how much this team did shallow crossing routes, um, throwing the ball to the, to the uh, running back out of the backfield. Um, they love eating up, yard, eating up yardage just by short pass after short pass, pounding the rock. But now you get touch on the deep passes. He throws a great deep ball, and it's just—it's just—I feel a very good blending of player and scheme, or player and personnel that we 
use in a certain way that I think could pay off huge um, if right. they put him in a position to win and maybe add a few things around him to, to help him out. Yeah, and we'll get into that more a little bit later. Uh, getting back just to his game personally, not necessarily uh, how we're going to move forward here, but mobility, not a huge part of his game. Obviously, Blake Bortles was very mobile. But in terms of getting out of the pocket, he's excellent at that. And he he's really good at finding the open man when he does get out of the pocket and delivering an accurate pass on the run or from a good base. Uh, he primarily throws out of the shotgun, which is common in the NFL. Jaguars threw most of their passes from the gun last year, as did the Vikings, where obviously John DiFilippo was the offensive coordinator last year. Um, just rounding out Foles just as a player, I think he's a guy that, like we've said over and over, he'll be highly efficient from 0 to 20 yards, something Jacksonville has not seen since really the mid-2000s when David Garrard was around. He'll make some splash plays down the field, which will get the fans excited. And he's got ice in his veins. Things could go poorly, like I said before, for a drive, a quarter, even a half. But it won't rattle St. Nick. He always fights back and generally produces strong results following mistakes. Yeah, I mean, one big concern I have about him is injury injury risk. He hasn't played a, he's, he hasn't played a full 16-game season his t- entire career. Um, I know he hasn't really had the opportunity most of the time. Um, uh, but I want to see him be able to stick out an entire 16 game season and then get to the playoffs where he seemed to thrive. Yeah. And I think that just uh, goes back to the Jaguars needing to really do more than they have in the past with their backup quarterbacks. And I think Alex Magoo signing was a indication that the Jaguars might be taking their quarterback position a little bit more seriously as crazy it is to, as it is to say that about an NFL franchise. But I think Magoo is definitely a good third-string guy to develop and keep on your roster. And then you try to go get maybe another veteran that could come in and, and hold down the fort if Foles were to go down. And uh, now we're going to get into what the Jaguars need to do for Nick Foles to succeed. We've talked a little bit about it already, but I believe they need to shore up the right side of the line, and that doesn't necessarily mean dramatic overhauls, but if they believe Will Richardson is the guy to start at right tackle, who was their fourth-round pick last season, then uh, go roll with him, and you need to inject some some juice into your right guard position, obviously. A.J. Can's a free agent, and it doesn't look like he'll be coming back. So you need to go get yourself a right guard that can play and make sure that the offensive line has good depth, which I think they're on their way to doing that. You need to add another impact player at wide receiver, whether that's uh, in free agency or via the draft. You also need to add at least one receiving tight end. I believe that James O'Shaughnessy will be brought back, but I also think you, you really probably need to add two guys that you feel really comfortable with. It would make sense to go get a veteran and draft one of the many excellent receiving prospects at tight end in this year's draft. Uh, and then I, I strongly believe they need to draft a receiving back in the mid to late rounds. Nick Foles loved hitting Darren Sproles out of the backfield. They, they connected on so many passes 
And uh, I think getting one of these uh, many running backs that project to be good receiving backs out of the backfield would make a lot of sense in the mid to later rounds for the Jaguars. And then simply design game plans around what he does well. He likes the RPO. He likes the quick passing game, likes to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And if you can do that and then accentuate some of his uh, deep ball throwing ability, touch passes down the field to big receivers, I think that you're really going to set this guy up to succeed in the short and long term. I, I agree 100%. Um, the, you keep hearing how you know the Jaguars don't have a lot of position skill uh, skill position players. Um, they don't have you know the te- the ability the talents around Nick Foles to help him succeed, and that's partially true. Um, I mean, outside of, I mean, when you have guys like Alshon Jeffries and Zach Ertz to be able to throw to, it absolutely helps. Um, we I think D.D. Westbrook is bound to have a huge year this year. I think D.J. Chark is going to be able to step up his game and, and be more effective yeah. in in the offense that they like to run. But I agree. I 100% agree that I think their biggest needs are definitely wide receiver and tight end. Um, I think the right side of offensive line, you can grab a couple things and roll in to the, the season and try and mask it, but they they definitely absolutely need to address those different areas and just just to have bodies to guys to, to have um, Nick Foles throw to. I mean, if you look at the, the tight end room, it's almost empty right now. <laughs> so I think uh, Ben Koyak's the only tight end on the roster that's caught a pass currently. <laughs> right. There's a couple other guys, but Ben Koyak, yeah, he's the most experienced one, which obviously is not what you're looking for. But um, the Jaguars have, assuming they do – structure Nick Foles first year with a signing bonus, the Jaguars are going to have about $20 million to play with. And the way they restructure their contracts, they could very easily add an impact wide receiver and a lineman. Now, when do they get to actually adding those players? And will those players be available when they're ready to sign them? Hopefully the answer is yes. And hopefully they're starting to talk to some of those guys right now as we speak as free agency officially gets underway tomorrow. So uh, obviously the Jaguars do have a lot of work to do to ensure that Nick Foles will succeed. But I think in terms of coaching, game planning, scheming, uh, they're on the right track. And I I think they're on the right track for the most part at the wide receiver position. They need to add another impact guy. But uh, all the pieces are there and ingredients are there for the Jaguars to go ahead and, Ensure Nick Foles' success in Jacksonville. Yeah. Now, Jaden Mickens, uh, he was a exclusive rights free agent. He'll not be tendered by the team and will become an unrestricted free agent. So it looks like he's probably played his last down in Jacksonville. There might not be a ton of interest out there for him. He really is primarily just a punt returner. He has had some success as a kick returner too, but his primary role on a team will be as a punt returner. Pretty good punt returner, but he's uh, had his share of mental lapses over the last year or so that have cost the team a bit. 
I'd like to remind everybody to go follow Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the show, at Bold City Brewery on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go check them out downtown on East Bay Street or in Riverside on Roselle. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery. And now we will go look around the AFC South a little bit, see what the rest of the Jaguars' divisional rivals have been doing. Uh, Scott, do you want to start us off with the Titans Yeah, here? it kind of sucks because the... I think they're actually making some pretty good moves. Um, yeah, I like their moves they, too, they, man. They, they're bringing <laughs> back Kenny Vaccaro, who I, I obviously love. He's a Texas guy. Um, played pretty well last year, they're, which means they're actually going to be cutting Jonathan Cyprian, I believe. I don't think it's official, happened yet, but that seems like that's where that's headed. Um, just signed Roger, Roger Saffold, who I think absolutely helps their offensive line. Uh, he's a good guard. Um, they got, um, Adam Humphreys, which I guess there were some whispers that we might be interested in him, but they, they ended up picking him up from Tampa Bay and then they ended up bringing back one of their running backs, uh, Fluellen. Um, so I think that they actually have had a pretty good off season so far, as much as I hate to say it. I mean, they haven't made a big splash. I do think Saffold is a very good football player and he's probably the headliner of that of that uh, free agent class so far but as much as i hate to say they they got better over the last 24 to 48 hours yeah i mean anytime you're going with vaccaro over cyprian that's a good thing um humphreys he had a lot of buzz coming into free agency some people thought he might get paid over 10 million dollars obviously that didn't happen but he did get nine it's a big deal for a guy who has never produced a 1,000-yard season. Obviously, last year he did get close to doing that. And uh, he's he's a slot receiver that could project to being, you know, the Titans' Julian Edelman type of guy. Uh, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, whichever Patriots slot receiver you want to talk about. Um, obviously, the Titans' coach, Vrabel, is from New England as a player. And I think that he saw, and obviously their GM, saw the opportunity to add a guy like that that could have that type of impact on their offense, and they jumped on it. And then Saffold, he was part of the Rams' great offensive line last year. I think the Titans definitely got better, and I do not like it. Yeah, it hurts to say. <laughs> now the Texans, I think they have gotten worse, which is very yeah. <laughs> good to say. I'm happy to say that. They lost Kareem Jackson and Teron Matthew, who both were very good for them last year. Uh, Obviously, Matthew's the honey badger. He's heading over to Kansas City, which will be an interesting fit with him over there with Eric Berry if he decides to stick around or if they decide to stick with Berry. And then Kareem Jackson's heading to Denver, where they just lost uh, Darian Stewart or Darius Stewart, uh, their free safety. So that's obviously a fit for the Broncos. Now, the, Bron- or the Texans did add to Sean Gibson, which definitely, if you're going to lose to Ron Matthew and Kareem Jackson, to Sean Gibson is a nice consolation yeah. prize. At his best, he can cover some of the best tight ends in football and be a real playmaker. But for just as many good plays as he had, he had just as many bad plays. Yeah, I'm. I was I was hoping that we would be able to keep him, but he's he. The money that they, they saved from cutting him, I mean, I understand it. When you have a guy behind him like Jared Wilson, um, it doesn't make him expendable, but it makes ripping off the Band-Aid a little bit easier. 
Um, I always thought that he got he was a bit underrated from for Jaguars fans, but I mean, hopefully we've seen the best of his years <laughs> now that he's moved on to the Texans. Yeah, he should be in his prime still. And like I said, he did make a lot of great plays, and he was fairly consistent, but his missed opportunities on the field were very costly. And uh, that's obviously something that's always going to be seen negatively by fans. Now, getting over to the Colts, the final division rival for the Jaguars, they haven't done a lot, and they typically won't do a lot with Chris Ballard as GM. They did sign Devin Funches to a one-year, $13 million deal. I don't really love Devin Funches, but at the same time, they have a ton of cap space. Why not just give him $13 million? It won't matter yeah, the next season. So uh, they they wanted Funches, they and they went and got him. Nine more Devin Funcheses and be fine <laughs> for this year. Yeah. No, I mean, you have to spend your money on something. Uh, um, I'm a bit surprised to hear that they're not in the running for Le'Veon Bell anymore, which you you had brought up that you kind of like their running back room and looking into it, you got Marlon Mack and Nakeem Himes. Um, so obviously, you know, they have to like those guys. But what are they going to spend their money on? I mean, they're just going to keep rolling the money over until the end of time. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, they could pull like a Chicago Bears type move from last year and spend some of their money on a guy that they want to trade for potentially. But obviously in free agency, you don't have to give up anything but money. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Colts. But you definitely think they could add a sort of like a star pass rusher if one was available via trade. In cap space. (laughs) What is that? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the less they spend, I guess, yeah. the better for us because they'll have less <laughs> talent on their roster. Now, to wrap up the show today, we are going to talk about what's next. Okay, Nick, Fold is, or Nick Foles is now in the fold for the Jaguars. Blake Bortles is out. Deshaun Gibson's gone. Jeremy Parnell's gone. Uh, Malik Jackson's gone. Who else did they cut last week? Um, unfortunately, they cut Carson yeah. Tinker, a friend of the podcast. Uh, they have Matt Overton, though, to replace him, which obviously we're Tinker fans, but Overton is fine in terms of football. So, And obviously they, they cut Carlos Hyde as well. So moving forward, what do the Jaguars need to do between now and in the NFL draft. I believe if the Jaguars structured the contract properly, they'll have about $20 million to spend in free agency coming up. What do you want the Jaguars to do to help ensure that Nick Foles is uh, is surrounded by talent? I mean, specifically, what do we got out there? Biggest name for me and one that I really hope that they're having serious interest in it is uh, Golden Tate, um, I think bringing in a guy like that who has experience with Nick Foles from last year. Um, and he's a solid football player. I, I really hope that they make a move to be able to bring in a guy, a guy like him in. Um, like you, like we said earlier, you need to make some, you need to add weapons to, uh, to your roster offensively for Nick Foles to be able to do what he needs to do. And I think golden Tate of 
the people left on the free agent market are as good as any of them. Yeah, I agree with you on Golden Tate. He'd be great to have. And I think he's a guy that can play all three of the major wide receiver positions, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think he would definitely fit very well in the, as the, in the slot for the Jaguars. And operating in the slot, he could run a lot of the routes that Nick Foles likes to hit over the middle, intermediate, short routes, you know, slants. Some of the some of the routes you were talking about earlier, shallow crossers, ends, uh, you know, even deep posts. Uh, Foles is very accurate in, in that regard. And then another guy who I find very interesting. He certainly doesn't have the name recognition of a Golden Tate who's been around for quite a while. Yeah, Tyrell Williams though, he could be just as big of a deal as Golden Tate. Uh, he's younger. He's bigger. He's a, he's a huge, a big play yeah. threat. I mean, that is his calling card. He He's a fantastic just vertical receiver that I think would bring something to the offense that it doesn't really currently have. I mean, DJ Chark could be a guy like that, but Williams has more bulk to him, and he's more ready to be relied upon right now. DJ Chark certainly could have a breakout second year if the Jaguars allow him to run more vertical routes on the outside. But Tyrell Williams has proven that he can get it done. And having deep threats, multiple deep threats. Especially with a guy like Foles, who you can look at it and say, hey, you know, this this guy, it, he excels in it. And I'm actually, before we get too far off, I, I wanted to bring it up earlier. Um, there was an interesting stat I saw uh, over... He, uh, Nick Foles had the eighth highest passer rating on throws that traveled at least 20 yards in the air last season with a rating of 106.3. So he's a right. highly accomplished. Now, he was like fantastic. That. Yeah, he was fantastic uh, down the middle, mm-hmm. deep down the middle, and he was pretty good to the right side of the field. He did struggle to the left side of the field, but again, um, yeah. I think Foles has a pretty good deep ball. I don't think it's great, but I do think it's pretty good, and I think it has the potential to help the Jaguars create more explosive plays, and adding a guy like Tyrell Williams does not hurt. Now, if you want to get into a guy that's kind of similar to Golden Tate, Randall Cobb. He's a free agent. No one's really been talking about him. He's fallen off the radar lately. hasn't been as successful as of late in Green Bay. But he's a guy that is very yeah, interesting yeah. to me. I think he could be added a value compared to Golden Tate or Tyrell Williams. And I think he could also help you out a lot from the well, slot. Well, 100%. Yeah, that's that's kind of where he's made his bread and butter up in Green Bay. And he actually could have potentially have been a Jaguar in the last time he was a free agent if it wasn't for an overnight deal with, with Green Bay. Um, so I think if you strike out with a guy like Golden Tate, He's kind of in that same mold as Golden Tate. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's fallen off um, quite a bit more from what he used to be. But um, like I said, like we said, just keep getting people in. Something has to hit as long as you keep keep trying to strike. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also Michael Crabtree, who would be a nice possession receiver for the Jaguars line him up out at the X or the Z, and he could really get you some first downs, just uh, running curl routes, slants, 
Uh, I think that that could have a good connection with Foles. Uh, it's very strong hands with Crabtree there. And then Jermaine Kurth is interesting. He's been in New York for a couple of years. Before that, he had a lot of success with the Seahawks. He's a guy that I think could fit well with Nick Foles. And at a much cheaper rate than a Golden Tate or yeah, Tyrell yeah. Williams. Me personally, I'm going for Golden Tate or Tyrell Williams if I'm the Jaguars. They have the money to do it. They could even offer Golden Tate $12 million. Tyrell Williams, $12 million. Yeah, Go get him. Sort of like a... It's basically it would be the basically the same contract that they gave Dante Moncrief, just adjusting for inflation in the in the salary cap. So it'd be a very yeah, and I I don't think that either of those guys necessarily we'd be able to get on a one year deal, but I would give either of them twelve million over three years, so thirty six million maybe with an out after year two. I'd go for it for sure. Again, the salary cap's going to go up next year. The Jaguars will have a little bit of salary cap rollover, and then you can also dump some other veterans after next season to make way for the unique Ngakwe and Miles Jack contracts. Now, uh, if they're able to add a a solid wide receiver, I would think that tight end or offensive line would be the one more piece to add in free agency prior to the draft. I do think all three of those positions, specifically offensive guard, uh, you could address in the first couple rounds of the draft and have yourself a starter. But I think doing that and adding a free agent would really be the most prudent route. So let's look at the tight ends that are available still, Scott. You want to start us off with The most interesting one to me is uh, Jared Cook. Um, he's had a kind of up and down career. Um, there's been big question marks basically following him everywhere he's went. Um, he's got all the talent in the world, super athletic, but never really lived up to it. Had his best season of his career last year in Oakland. Um, he is 32. He's on the later end of his career, but still playing fantastic at a position that the Jaguars don't have anything to speak of. So he's a guy I would definitely take a look at. Um, even Austin Safarian Jenkins is still out there. They decided not to bring him back on the contract he was on. Doesn't mean he necessarily won't sign a new one to be able to come back. Um, but those are those are two of the main guys that stick out to me. I wouldn't want to touch Tyler Eifert. I mean, the guy just cannot stay healthy. Um, I mean, what if you could get him for like... A million dollar cap. Uh, well, I don't know if you'd be Charles able Clay to. Charles Clay did but... sign for a one year, two million dollar contract. So maybe. I think teams are yeah. very scared you, of that it, injury history. It, it, I would take a flyer yeah, if I could get, get him really super cheap, cheap. Then I would take him. I just I wouldn't put any kind of significant money into that body. <laughs> I agree. And then Luke Wilson's a guy that's been kind of steady as he goes, pretty good receiving tight end and blocking tight end. I think he's a guy that you could kick the tires on if you miss out on a Jared Cook. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Just kind of not necessarily a home run hitter, but just a guy who can be a possession type type guy, a safety net, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you're lining up a two tight end set and you have Luke Wilson as your second tight end, you could be doing worse. 
So uh, that moves us to the offensive line. I do believe the Jaguars think Will Richardson is their starter of the future. I don't think that they would have released Parnell without thinking that. I don't think they would have drafted him in the fourth round without thinking that. Um, So I want to talk about some guards to start. I think TJ Lang, I mean, he's moved around a lot lately, but he's still playing good football, excellent pass blocker, and he's an average to above average run blocker. So that's a guy at guard if you're talking about replacing Yeah, he really struggled in 2017. Um, I think he just was battling back from injuries from the prior year. But then last year, PFF, Pro Football Focus, had him ranked as the 11th guard overall and the fourth best pass blocking guard in the league. So this is a guy who is still playing at a pretty high level, and we haven't seen that. Yeah, you want to protect Nick Foles up the middle? Yeah. (laughs) Get TJ Lang. (laughs) And at at this point in his career, Mm -hmm. I believe he's he's getting, what, 34? I'm sorry, uh, 31. Um, So he's not that old. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Right. (laughs) Well, 31, uh, I do think that he could be had at a cheaper contract than what he has seen in years past. And then Andy Lavitri, he's an interesting guard from Atlanta, very good pass blocker. And he kind of falls in the mold of a lot of the other guards that are available. They're pretty good at pass blocking or above average as pass blockers. And then a little bit below oh, average I've, as run I've, blockers. I've got it. i got the answer to our problems. So, Zane Beatles is out there and available. Okay. 30, only 32. Oh. I'm, sure he's, yeah. I'm sure he can still kick it. <laughs> That I was just going through the list, and I was guy. like, "This, this guy, <laughs> yeah. Zane Beatles, good guy, not a good offensive lineman." I remember there was players in the Broncos locker room that were laughing about the That's deal awful. that we gave him a few years. Oh back. my god! Yeah, it is awful, but I digress. That's going to do it for the show today. Yeah, I am. Are you happy with I the am. Nick Foles I, I signing? Would... Let us know. Oh, oh well, I, sorry, I, I'm I, talking I, to the I'll audience. add my voice into the audience. <laughs> yeah, Scott, as you part know, of as the I audience, them, what do you think about the I Nick felt Foles more sign? comfortable um, because I didn't see the just dr- the drought and famine that we would go through with Blake Bortles, and that was the most promising thing to me. And then you also have those high end that he, those high end plays that he can do. I, I think as we get closer to the season and he starts, we start hearing more about him and actually seeing him play, that number will kind of go to the wayside a little bit. I agree with you for sure. And especially after you see what they do with mm-hmm. the, excuse me, signing <laughs> bonus. Got some burps coming up here from my red wine. Um, So, yeah, that's going to do it for the show. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and review us on iTunes. Those reviews help us show up higher on the ratings and help more diehard Jaguar fans find the show and enjoy our content. We'd like to thank Bold City Brewery once again, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. And uh, be sure to follow Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. For all your Jaguars and Texas Longhorns take. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you can go follow them, give them a hard time. 
Follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. And of course, follow the show on Twitter at Generation Jag. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great day, Duval. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.